Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or perhaps we just wanted to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by you-know-who, Alice Oliver. Well, Alice, I like that now. Yeah, you, you know, know who. who. Yeah, I've you know it. You know yeah. it. Here I am. Yeah, yeah. You know it. All of you know. You, you know. know. It. It's not changed. It's not changed for, it's six, not. well, two years. I'm sorry about like that. that. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? You Okay. I'm very, very well, thank you, Josh. How are you? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. We're coming into the summer, so it's getting a little bit brighter outside. Indeed, finally. Feels like that was a never-ending winter. And uh, occasionally I might venture outside for a little leg stretch. Yeah, with than, the factor 50 on, of course. Yeah, yeah. rather than walking from my house to my car to work to, to the car to house, uh, <laughs> which is the standard winter trajectory. But yeah. anyway, we're very excited, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Because we're joined what? by another fantastic guest. Another uh, one. Another one. Another one. We keep another getting them. One. Keep getting them. Uh, John Agasild, how are you doing? You okay? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Hello. Oh, yeah, uh, very welcome. Are you well? I'm very well. I'm very well. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to talk about the film. This. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> well. Well, without further ado, let's let's t- let's talk about the film then, because uh, I forgot to do a random question. So um, here we are. <laughs> I'll answer a random question. Go on. If you, you can ask one off the top of your head, if you want, and we'll try and ask, answer it. I'd ask Alice if she has nothing better to do than do a podcast with this slicker. Yeah, um, that is correct. I do. I do have nothing better to do. You, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. I have yeah. no hobbies. I have no friends. I have no interests. So here I am. I remember when I asked Alice to do this podcast, and I texted her and said, "Are you doing anything?" And she went, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that was like, it. Well, you're yeah. the perfect candidate. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, shall we move on to talk about this week's film, which is of course Thunder Road. Uh, so, John. You chose this, um, so tell the guys at home a little bit in sort of thirty seconds or less what Thunder Road's about, and then tell us why did you pick it for this podcast. Thunder Road is about a policeman called Jim, who at the start of the film loses his mum, and he is getting divorced, and the death of his mum begins this uh, downward trajectory for him. And it's him sort of failing to face the grieving process and how that affects everything uh, everything else in his, his life. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah, it's sort of a bit, um, it's one of those films that sort of, it's about a thing, but it's a bit light on, on plot. As in, not in a bad way, it's just that's how it's made. 
Um, so yeah, so if you if you haven't seen it, spoiler warnings. Although there's not really anything to to spoil, I wouldn't say. Mm. Uh, so John, why did you pick this one? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? Do you just want to talk about it? All three. I, think. <laughs> um, I haven't seen so Jim Cummings is a. This is his first movie. Mm. It's a, a and he's made three movies and made loads of shorts. And I've only seen one of his shorts. Which is called "It's All Right, It's Okay," which is excellent, and you should you should check you should check that out. Uh, listeners should check that out as as well. But he made a short called "Thunder Road," which was effectively the first scene of this movie, which I haven't seen. It's so, the thing about short movies, right? If I can just expand to this, yeah. please do, so please do. Come from this this background is that unless you're in like the film industry or unless you're like a filmmaker, they're really hard to. You just, I just have no idea what's going on in the short film mm. world, mm. but they're great. They're super great and they're so good, easy to watch because they're literally short, you know, and uh, they can they can just do other things that features can, I, I, I guess. Um, but <laughs> that's just as an aside, like I know Vimeo has like, if you go on Vimeo, mm. they sometimes find like short shorts that they recommend, like staff picks. And I think that was, but the thun, this the Thunder Road was initially like a, a staff pick. And so it's the first scene, which is, uh, yeah, him giving a a, a eulogy. Um, but I hadn't I hadn't uh, seen that short. And what, why did I pick it? I I I've seen this film quite a lot. Now. Right. I've, wow. I watched it today, and today was the fourth time I've seen this film. Oh, wow. Um, what I love about it is, what I love, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I love comedies. And obviously, because I do stand-up, I'm a monologist. Mm. I really like that. But what I love in comedies is obviously, or situ- situation comedies, which is what I first loved, is those worlds that you go to but what I am really, really attracted to is in comedies when there are monologues in them that do world building in monologues. Excellent. Mm. Like David Brent in The Office, like mm. Alan Partridge, mm. like um, uh, Rob Brydon in like Marion and Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or Alan Bennett's Talking Heads. Mm. They, they build these worlds so, so well by just having one person in one setting. And I think that that is such an incredible skill of like writing and, and acting, writing, uh, writing and performing. And Jim Cummings does that. does that in some of the best, some of the best I've ever seen, I, th- I think. And that is where this film, that's where this film starts. And uh, I think it's just so, so funny and so deeply sad as well <laughs> and uh i was just absolutely got uh gobsmacked by it yeah that's a really i think that's there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of really interesting points you've made there um the first one i think just to go back to the world building with monologues that's something i love as well because it's almost it's almost one step away or a halfway house between a film and a book because it's just a character talking so it's almost like an audiobook but they're just talking to camera so you don't see anything so everything they say 
you're imagining. So if you take, for example, the first one that popped into my head when he said about world building monologues outside of sitcoms in film in a film context would be something like the watch monologue from Pulp Fiction. And if you think about that, you know, Christopher Walken gives this big, long monologue about the history of this watch, and it's just him talking to camera. So the whole time you're thinking about the story of this watch and where it's been and how he got it and all that sort of stuff. And I think there's there's a real engagement to be had and a, and a real sort of satisfaction from a film when something like that is done in a film. So I think you're right, and I think that, that is something that this film does. And the other thing, just a bit, just to follow up, on is that's a really great point i've never really given much thought to that about short films they're hard to find like unless you go to festivals mm. or seek them out so maybe that's something to be said for like the next big innovation in streaming you know i'm surprised there's not a short films we love on netflix or short you know because even you know the closest you get to it is there's some on disney plus because all the pixar films have associated yeah. shorts and there's some marvel stuff obviously that's completely different to an independent short film but they're still short films, you know what I mean? So we, no one's going, do you know who needs our support? Pixar. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm surprised Disney haven't gone, oh, there's something here, so let's take that. Considering Disney's first major thing was Steamboat Willie, which, is, which in, in itself is a short film, I'm surprised they haven't gone, let's extrapolate that out and let's bring more attention to short films we love from filmmakers. You know, we, we've talked on this podcast before about, about, a little bit about short films so for example one thing we've talked about before is like both of us have at times in our film watching lives if you like picked a certain actor and be like oh, i'm gonna watch like everything i'm gonna watch like everything they've done so i at one time before he was massive when he'd just done bronson i got into really into tom hardy and he did a short film called something like it's something like sergeant slaughter my big brother it's something like that but it's a 10 minute film and that's on vimeo or one of those websites. And that's really good. And and it's, you know, that's the sort of thing where I think if people found out Tom Hardy was in it and it was only 10 minutes, you know, there, there was a real draw, I think, to what people see as almost like extended, really short stories. You've only got to look at the way that sometimes they'll make an advert and they'll make a short version of the advert and then a long version of the advert. Like, for example, again, straight off the top of the dome, the Belvedere Vodka advert. That's almost like with Daniel Craig. It's almost like a little short comedy dance piece isn't it like yeah. you could watch that and be like i don't know what this is advertising just watching daniel craig do his thing right so i think that's a really good point that this that this film came from a short film and it is that so i have, i haven't seen the short film but i do think it i do believe like you've said it's pretty much just the opening sequence until the until the woman asks him to leave <laughs> leave his own mum's funeral um so right so that's what it's about and that's why you picked it john so let, let's get stuck into talking about it then so alice mm. had you seen this one before i hadn't seen it i hadn't heard of it i had no idea about any of it i didn't know anyone who was in it i've never heard anything about it i didn't <laughs> recognize anything like it was a completely Maybe the most, or maybe not the most, because we've had a few obscure picks on here before, but one of the most obscure for sure, where I just have had no, no bit of knowledge no about expectations, anything to no do with it. No at all. expectations whatsoever. That's I think maybe nice. when I heard the title, I thought it, I thought it might be like a, like a, a almost Max. like a, maybe, a, <laughs> or like a comic book type. Does yeah, it does it thing. does like it, well, it, it does almost. sound like that, doesn't it? It does it does yeah. sound like it could be like an action film or something like that. But obviously the title's taken, if you don't know, from the Bruce Springsteen song. 
Well, so I know now means, because yeah. of the film. But yeah. the title, the yeah. The film told like, me. Yeah. I meant the listeners at home, Alice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, no expectations going in. Because even when we when you picked it, John, I was fairly certain it would be this one. But there is like a 50s Robert Mitchum or something mm. like that film called Thunder. And I did have to go, it's not the like mid-50s one, is it? And you were like, no. It but even been. then Alice asked me that. We were like, we were both looking <laughs> for it to watch sure. and it was like, because obviously you don't want to watch the wrong thing. So no expectations going in then. Yeah, which is always enjoyable. So that was fun. Um, what about you? Had you seen it? Had you heard of it? I had seen it before. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah, so I remember ah. it coming out. I remember it coming out and I think possibly being reviewed by or reading a review or hearing a review somewhere, probably probably Kermode or Mayo or something like mm. that, and and it, it being you know really highly spoke of. So I sought it out and watched it. Now, when I first watched it, I remember thinking, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, but I had a bit of a different reaction this time, which, which we'll come mm. to. Um, but let's get stuck into it first then. So, John, before we give you our thoughts, what, what do you like about this film? Lay it on us. What do you like about Thunder Road, the one from 2018, not the 50s one? <laughs> I think that I mean the main thing is just Jim Cummings's performance mm. I think is in, is incredible and I think that's what sold clearly like sold the short to get and it's what sells the the film and his his crying <laughs> he cries, like real people cry like you know he cries like real people cry and that you're trying not to do it. Ugly it's, crying. Yeah. yeah. Ugly crying. It always annoys me in films when people cry and they just let tears roll mm. down to mm. their neck. And I'm like, I would be, I would be wiping that away almost uh, <laughs> instantly. Um, the It's so, it's so funny. I think there's so many great lines in it. Um, it's got so many great scenes as well um, that it's just got, yeah, great scenes. It moves along really nicely. It's only an hour and a half um, as well, which... We, we like that. I wanted to... Yeah. We, we like a 90-minute here, don't we, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to find. And for, for it being a comedy, like a lot of comedies are, you know, sh- uh, shorter. Um, but... Also, yeah, I, I'm sorry that it was a bit more on the obscure side, but it was on it was on Netflix for because I was thinking about you know picking a film that you could access as well, and it was on Netflix for like a, a, a uh, about a year. I think that's I, where I watched it. That's um, really thoughtful of you to try and pick something that we could easily access because even I haven't done that at times and I'm yeah. on the podcast and yeah, I'll fact, often cheers, pick Alex. things that yeah, you can't find that. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I love rooting around for a DVD that's now 10 quid oh, because it's not being made anymore. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, the first time I watched it, I thought it was, I thought it was so funny. The second, the first time I watched it, it was just, uh, I watched it illegally. And then the second time I watched it, I watched it legally. I went to see it in the cinema and there was a Q&A mm-hmm. with Jim Cummings afterwards. <gasps> this wow. makes for me pirating this movie. <laughs> you know? Um, and it was, I was hit more with the sad moments and the emotion of it. Um, and I just, I think it really favours uh, re-watching um, this is a spoil. We can do spoil spoilers. We can. We oh can yeah, do spoilers. this is a spoiler zone. Yeah. Um. Uh. 
But the weird thing is, though, that as I feel like I've watched, I've I've watched it quite a few times, and I'm getting, I get more and more each time from it, or, or still something from it. Um, that I almost don't want to. There's spoiling like plot, but there's almost like spoiling what somebody could get from a second time watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I, during lockdown, I got so into re- really into the Arrival movie podcast, but the rewatchables uh, podcast, which is yes, is excellent. And I think that there's such a value in rewatching. Uh, mo- uh, there's so much value in rewatching movies. Use. I assume I agree because these are uh, big film fans and absolutely yeah yeah and this this really uh, uh, favors that it get you you know you get out you get as much out as you as you put in I think with this <laughs> and with a lot of with a lot of really good movies I think that goes that goes the same goes for that absolutely yeah so it's it's like yeah it's funny isn't it? it's like going to the gym you get out of it what you what you put into it no I agree and so so funnily because because the point you made there about it being about rewatching films. I mentioned there a little bit about how I had seen it before and I had a bit of a different reaction to it this time. And I don't know if this will be a surprise to either of you, but my, my reaction this time was 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 that I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm, I think I thought because you I'd, done. Yeah, because I'd already seen it, I think mm. I was looking at it with a different eye. And I think often, I think a lot of films you have to watch at least twice to appreciate because the first time you're taking stuff in and you're trying to remember what's going on. So the second time, once you know what happens, you can be like, oh, right, you know, so now I know that this is coming. How did they get to that point? So that that sort of thing. So I definitely agree that there's there's merit to we rewatching films. Um, I mean, we've we've talked before, like we we've covered under scene, we, we've covered films obviously for, for years now. And and there's been ones where we've picked it because we saw it once, and with these ones where we've gone, I've seen this 50 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's been there's been films where we've gone. I have rewatched it for the podcast, but I didn't really need to because I've pretty mm. much committed it to memory. I know it like the back of my hand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like Alice with uh, Grease 2. <laughs> yeah, uh, greatest but, films ever made. Yeah, it certainly. Well, it's a film we did. Um, anyway, <laughs> Alice, so mm. what did you like about the film? And what did you think first of all? And then, and then tell us what you like. If you liked anything, hoping you did though. So <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty pretty bad if I didn't Nothing, like anything about it. <laughs> Um, my general overview of it is that it is a very effective and compelling blend of comedy and tragedy that at times is as brutal as it is beautiful. And I think it's a terrific example of how less can be more. There's no flash, there's no glamour, there's barely any music. The mise-en-scene is quite simple and basic and yet it feels so full and like every moment is just brimming with feeling and emotion. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was such a good film. Um, Like you've already touched on there, Jim Cummings is just wonderful. He feels so authentic and raw. And I feel like he knows how to make a character feel like a real person and apply techniques that help you believe that this person existed before the film started and will go on after it ends. For instance, whenever he starts crying, and I already touched on when he starts crying, but he gets about halfway through like the first sob and then he stops himself abruptly. And that indicates to me that he spent a great deal of his life trying to repress his emotions. So then you start asking, well, why is he doing that then? Did something happen to him as a child? What were his parents like? And all that. And And this happened a lot throughout the film where I would find myself trying to dig deeper and asking, well, why is this person like this or how did we end up here? So then that means you start considering the world that this film takes place in and everything that's happened in it, which I think really enhances the realness of the whole world and the people in it. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, could, I completely agree. I mean, I, same as you, Alice. I, I loved it. Like, I remember the first time I liked it, thought it was fine. But this time, I enjoyed it so much more. And I think, you know, let, let's be honest, the, the, the highlight for this, probably for all three of us, is Jim Cummings in mm. some way. It doesn't, it's not, it, it's helped by the fact that he, he wrote, directed, edited, mm. and starred in, in the film. So, you know, his fingerprints are very much all over this. If you don't like it, you very much don't like his style. And similar to you, John, I've no, I've not seen anything else he's done. So I've not seen that short. I've only seen this. I've heard him interviewed, and he always comes across across very well. I know I always think it's weird that he doesn't sound anything like um, <laughs> Jim in this film and doesn't have the the moustache and stuff like that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Jim Cummings. So, so for me... His performance is is, is mesmerising in places because obviously he's written it. So he's obviously, there's a difference between acting dialogue you've written and acting dialogue someone else has written. And and the strengths of that are testament here because sometimes I think it must be easy as a writer and director to get in your head a little bit and Mm. think, I don't want to put myself front and centre. So quite often when people have directed stuff and they put themselves in it, they're not the main character. They're usually just in it but they're not the mm-hmm. main character or, or whatever. If you think of like some of, I don't know, George Clooney's films or whatever, he's directed some, but he's never, he's not often the main character. Whereas in this, he is. And because he's written it, because it's all come from his head, you can see that creation of the character of Jim from inception through through to it, you know, execution. And it's all summed up for me in that opening. Because what he does is he gives himself these big monologues. There's at least three in the film. There's the first one, which is the opening. There's one where he's being suspended or sacked as a police officer there's another one as well but i can't i can't quite think of but the the highlight for me is that opening i mean if you haven't seen the film i'd urge you to just seek out the opening and watch the first 15 minutes because it's the most sort of intricately choreographed and written and performed piece of dialogue that's almost a mixture between a dance and a monologue. It is very much a monologue, but there is some, sure. uh, and, and I don't mean because he dances in it. What I mean is... But he does every, dance in it. Yeah, but he does every, dance in it. <laughs> every nuance of his facial expression is mm. obviously must be in the script or he's come up with himself and directed it himself. So, like, it's awkward, it's funny, it's heartbreaking, like lots of good comedy, it's completely rooted in tragedy. He's, you know, he's given this speech at his mum's funeral where he's planned a dance because she loved dance and the music doesn't work, so he gives a monologue. So whilst he's doing the monologue, he's just a man desperately trying to keep his shit together and not lose it. And when he's doing it all the way through, he's hesitating and completely changes subject. So he's like, I lo- you know, I love my mum and she did this. And then he'll like, look at someone and be like, you're all right. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. proper. And it's almost, it's almost the perfect mix between stylized and real. On one hand, you think this is so real, a man trying to keep it all together. And on the other hand, you think this is not real. But the blend is such that it, it you know, it's just perfect, I thought. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, the way he keeps interrupting himself and stuff like that, I just thought it was it was pitch perfect in its delivery. So is there anything else for you, Alice? Like, did you think it was funny? Is there a particular big monologue that stuck out to you? Um, I mean, I did. I did think it was very funny, and uh, the 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 funniest moment for me that really made me laugh out loud was that he's dropping his daughter off at school in the morning, 
and he goes to drive away, but she he sees her like link up with a boy. Like I think she like links arms, and he just slams the brakes on immediately as if he's horrified. But then this moment just ends. Like it's just this really tiny little moment that just happens. But that really made me laugh because I was like, it's so in amongst like all this kind of chaos and all that he's he's just a dad like worried about his little girl sort of thing and the thing that he's worried about is like this what this young boy like, in school like this harmless boy. <laughs> yeah just like cute little fella sort of thing um so no i i did think it was really funny and obviously the comedy is only emphasized because of the tragic mm. elements of it um but as well as that i did i really enjoyed some of the techniques used to capture the mood and create feeling so like you said josh there's a lot of uh, monologues in there but there's also a lot of really long shots without any cuts and obviously the most prominent one being the opening that we've discussed there because that sort of starts as a it's like a medium wide and it zooms in very slowly as he's giving mm. the eulogy until we're, we're sort of right up and close and personal with him um and it just flips it flips so abruptly between being so funny and so sad. So as the viewer, you are just on the bit of this roller coaster, and you know he's always oh, crying in front of all these people at a funeral, but now he's dancing to no music, and it's so <laughs> awkward and weird, and it's just like this bizarre, like landscape that you're seeing. Um, you're also left hanging in the silence a lot in this film as well, which I do really appreciate. So you might be hanging in an awkward moment or something quite traumatic may have happened. And it feels like a lot actually happens in the silence, which is obviously part down, I think, to the actors in terms of things like their delivery and body language. Because instead of it making a, making a scene feel like empty or slow or quiet, you feel awkward or you feel sad or you feel thoughtful. And then just bouncing off that as well. So relating to the silences, there is so little little non-diegetic music in this and even the bits we do hear are more like noises than songs or a mm. score and I like that the film hasn't felt the need to fill it with like a cheesy soundtrack and instead you just get these really peculiar almost unnerving and quite ominous sounds that are played whenever something particularly dramatic happens but they're so infrequently used which is just so different from most films which tend to use a score or a soundtrack very heavily and I'm you know I, I'm I do like to critique a film's soundtrack or score one way or the other. Sometimes it's really, really great. Sometimes it's absolutely terrible. And in this, it was just almost non-existent. And I was like, you're really trusting, you're trusting your audience, you're trusting your performers, and you're trusting the quality of the film there to just be like, no, this is what we mean. Here are the feelings that are being expressed. We don't now need to play a Coldplay song to help <laughs> you know that, oh, this is a sad moment. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Nothing against Coldplay. Because I... For me, it was missing Coldplay. No, I'm, I love the bit, <laughs> I love the bit where so the song Thunder Road isn't in it, is it? But the bit at the end where he's going to take his daughter moving up to move away, and he's just he's crying at one point. He goes, "Oh God, it's the song." Yeah, <laughs> realizes it's the song. The story of the song is what yeah. he's doing with his daughter. But no, I like that. And, and back to your point there, I I love the long shots as well. It doesn't always mm. work but it really worked in this because they often build to a bit of a crescendo. Like they sort of go, they almost go up to a crescendo and back down again. And back, and every time it goes back up, it goes higher up. Like a, like, like mm. imagine a typical graph or whatever, like, like that sort of thing. So I like that, but also there was a lot of calm to frantic and frantic to calm editing. Mm. So that had a real impact. So the bit for me that, that, that where I really noticed was the, the, the opening is brilliant, but there is another monologue later on where he has lost the custody case for his daughter and he goes to the police station to confront his friend who said he would 
give him the lawyer to help him to get his daughter mm-hmm. back. And they have, they essentially have like a bit of a scrappy fight. And then there's a big argument and he it leads him going into this big monologue where he's, he's basically taking his police uniform off to give mm-hmm. it back. And it's this most, it's the most sort of cringe, but dark, but funny. But again, it's almost like the first scene, but dialed up even more because he's hit another point of he's almost hit rock bottom at this point, and 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 he's mm. and he's and he's just desperate to get all this off his chest. But at that moment, there's a bit where it just stops, and he realizes he's holding his gun. Oh yeah, that was so, good. That wasn't it. And it's so, so like good. Fuck, like he's he's taking his gun out without realizing he's taking his gun out. Basically, mm. yeah, it's like and and that it's. And that it's, it, yeah, it just is like, this could really go either way. Yeah. This could really, really go either way. And this is scary. This guy is scaring his colleagues. Uh, yeah. When we, when they seem like, you know, when there's been an established friendship or there's yeah. there and we're like, oh, this is. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's not ugly. It's it's, it's just scary. We, yeah. like but quite stuff, real as well, you know, like in, in that sense. In a word, in this film, is not stuff that you would that you would paint as scary bits in movies no. like you would think a horror movie it's stuff that you actually like fear like or somebody have it like an unhinged person having a gun or when uh his his partner um you know there's a there's 
like the, the I I love the music in it, but much like you know the long shots, you barely notice it. Mm. And I think to go back to you know briefly on you know long long shots, I think in this this century, uh, apart from like stuff like Rope or so, or, or, or something like they're really at the forefront, and it's yeah. like oh like this is the thing that the camera won't cut, and it's and it's such a big deal and. A lot of the stuff kind of gets lost in it, whereas you don't notice the the camera in in this. And the the music only soundtracks like montages and the two like action scenes, like the police work. Yeah, action scenes, which the editing is great at that. They start with like bangs or like a clatter or something, um, and it just like sort of wakens you up a bit from like the silence or like you know uh, the, the gaps in the. In, in conversation but like the other sort of scary moment is you know when he's uh you know when he's hit rock bottom like you've said and he's lost his uh his mom he's lost his daughter and the other thing is that you know he says that when he's getting sacked and he's like you know my mom died i've lost my daughter and it's like these are like you know things that catch in your throat mm. like when you like when you are hitting rock bottom or something bad is happening to you you don't want to speak the no. thing that is happening to you and he does that because he has nowhere else to go and whilst a lot of the dialogue in this is flowery in terms of it being very extra mm. like like it's the song or talking about you know oh it's the song or uh, oh should we call the manufacturer or something like that it also has like I lost my daughter today mm. and then it also has like this is what you get, like really, like stuff that isn't really clear. Um, but then the sort of other sort of scary moment is that you know when his partner comes to visit him when he's hit rock bottom, and his partner is like calls his wife and he's like, "Can you come and pick me up in a couple of hours? I'm just here with him." And he's like, "I love you so so much. We're so lucky that yeah, <laughs> we aren't. <laughs> we're not this. <laughs> yeah, we're not." This. We all have those moments when we have when we're comforting friends or we see like you know people who are unfortunate that we're like thank God, thank thank God and that's part of the whole thing of you know appreciating what you've got whilst it's there which is what goes back to him him and the eulogy that he's that he's that he's given his mom and it's 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 full of regret. Okay then, so we'll move on to perhaps talking about things we didn't like about the film or things we might change about the film. Now, I don't think this is going to be the longest section we've ever done. Um, who wants to go first? John or Alice, who wants to go first? Is there I'll anything? Go. I've go got on. two things. Go I've on, got let's two hear things. them. Is there anything first you didn't one. like? And then John can defend them. <laughs> first one, Jim spits a lot. Oh yeah, you hate spitting, don't I don't you? like spitting. I don't That's like a bad spitting. habit. Yeah. So I don't think there's much to defend, to be honest. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. It, it seemed appropriate for his character, but I didn't like looking at it. It's not going to ruin it for me, and it doesn't mean that I like wouldn't watch it again or whatever. But you know, certain I noticed. And the other thing was, and this was the main offender, and it's really, really small in comparison to some of the things we talk about on here. But the font that they use for the end credits is fucking terrible. And then all the all they all transition. They use a crossfade to transition from page to page. So you have one page with the cast on and then there's a crossfade, so it transits to the editors or the showrunners, whatever it is. And I was like, this is terrible. And it looked like a student film. 
And but that that but that was it. And that is obviously a very small offender, but I noticed it, so I had to make a note of it, of course. Can can you defend the fact that Alice doesn't like spitting or shit end credits, John? Is that possible? <laughs> the credits are great and they're there so that you can clearly see people's names. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's a fair, that is what credits are. Think, yeah, when, like... <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like, you know, like funeral program. It is a bit like that. It's it's <laughs> like, it's um, very sort of swirly, mm-hmm. swirly fancy right, the writing, but isn't it? Especially your point of, I'd not thought about that, of them fading into one, uh, one another uh, is is such a good point that they're almost, they're almost illegible. Um, the spitting, I, yeah, I don't like spitting, <laughs> um, but a point about that is that, you know, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of things that are so cyclical in this, in this, uh, in this uh, film, like, you know, the, they go and speak to this guy. Uh, in the for, uh, in their for, on their when they're working, and the guy's dancing in the parking lot, and he's thrashing, oh, yeah. and, he's, and he's spitting, and he says they, you know, oh they don't know, and they're like, who doesn't know? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, he oh, does yeah. exactly the same thing. Mm. He's in a parking lot. He's been thrashing around at a funeral. He's spitting, and he's saying they don't know, and. I think that's just you know like we're we're all just a couple of bad times away from rock 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 bottom, mm. um, and I think that's that's like uh, the spitting is kind of to show that although he does spit he spits in the church he's <laughs> busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, and then he says it's a bad he says it's a bad habit himself. The character okay. says he knows. He knows. <laughs> and that the whole film is about you know the knowing, being self aware of the bad things uh, about you that you know he's he's so crushed that he's passed on potentially you know dyslexia or that his daughter's like slower slower at reading like he's mm. had those struggles with. He talked about you know his mum recording books for him to audiobook because he had dyslexia when he was in school, which he then, he, you know, she, he said she must have spent so long doing that. And then he stayed up all night doing the hand clap bit, which is probably the second best scene in the movie, the, uh, the hand slap bit. Mm. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and it's like, that's the, the way that he's like reasserted dominance in his place. <laughs> you know, and he's like, she does that and she's like, okay. And he's like, about we uh, get in the car and I take you to school. Does that sound good? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then she walks off and then the phone rings and he's like, <laughs> she's like he's like, I'm just managing to hold on to these, these things. But the thing that hit me the most was that it's, it's yeah, like the, the faults that you pass on to people are the fa- are faults for whatever, for one of a better uh, 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 word that your parents might pass on to you, and he's worried about that. Then the film turns around at the end when he's when he when he's been pulled over, and he's like trying to get in his car, which he's locked himself out of. And then he's like, "Can I get your stick?" And that's the first time he like asks for help from anybody. And then that's mm-hmm. when he like busts the car open, and then 
what then he goes to the uh, he goes to see his his ex wife and then then the film starts to turn around and it's it's just this sort of like almost it's a bit of a it's bit symbolic because it's such a small a small action but um and that's not a critique <laughs> that's not a critique of the movie <laughs> I just think that's why it's it really it's so much more than just cringe comedy but mm. that is also how I would uh, pitch it to to somebody and there's so much to be uh, be taken from it. The only criticism I would have of him is that in the second movie that he made, which is called Wolf of Snow Hollow, he plays another policeman. <laughs> I listened to him on a podcast and uh, somebody asked him about that, which I was like, oh, I'm really glad they asked him about that, you know, because this, this the film came out in 2020, you know, in the <laughs> middle of the, you know, the sort of BLM movement and uh and they're like, why are you why are you playing policeman like two movies in a row? And he was just like, Well, I think it's the ultimate sort of like person uh or like occupation where you can have the sort of like good like it's the most sort of like it's a person where you can hang the most like morals on. So po- so polarizing, isn't it? And and yeah. and also it's it's I think the thing is is that the, the people will always be drawn to things about police in TV, film, whatever, because they're they're they are in such a sort of almost unique position in society. Mm-hmm. So I think it or it just draws out stories, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, Alice. Okay then, so we will move on then to talking about the critical reception and the box office and stuff like that, and then we'll see if it is underseen and underrated. As John said, he picked it for all three reasons. Now, we can't say whether he's right or wrong because he just wanted to talk about it. That's not a measurable thing because John (laughs) just wanted to talk about it. But we can look at the critical reception and we can look at the box office. So, Alice, Mm. do you want to have a go at how it did critically and how it did commercially? Or what what do we think? What do we think? I feel like it must have done okay critically because hmm. it is a good film. Like, well, you'd be surprised. Is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, oh, really? Okay. Well, no, I said you'd I mean, be surprised about how many films critics don't like that we think. That's true. Oh, that actually, should, yeah. that should be better. And the, sh- and the shit that they do like. Um, so, I mean, I'd for me, this is easily an eight into the eights. Hmm. And I reckon it probably got about that. So I reckon I'll say a low eight. I reckon it got maybe an 8.1 or an 81. Mm. In terms of box office, I mean, probably didn't do that well. I can't mm. imagine it was like in the Odeons and the Sinner Worlds. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I it, I reckon it got a pretty limited release. Mm. And I reckon not many people saw it. I don't think the budget was particularly big. So whether or not it was successful in that way, then, you know, if it got all its money back, then great. But I don't. Like I had hadn't heard a whisper of this film, nothing mm. until John picked it. So, okay, well let's 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 have a look then. So, interesting with the scores. Actually, interesting to see what you think mm-hmm. of it here because we've got a score that's quite surprised. We've got two scores that are quite surprising in, in their own ways. So on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets seven out of ten. Okay. I, you know what? I would expect that from the IMDb yeah. lot, okay? They don't know quality but, when it but, comes up and knocks them in the face. Do you know but, what I mean? but over on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. the audience give it 91%, mm-hmm. and the critics give it, and I think this is our second highest ever score, 97%. Whoa. And I think the only thing that's done better than that is probably Meet Me in St. Louis, which got 100%. Yeah. Oh, wowzers. So, there we go. 
Oh, overall. well done, Jim. Hey, yeah, well done, Jim. Well the done, critics Jim. liked it. The yeah. critics what was, liked what, it. What, how did it lose 3%? <laughs> um, so um, that means if you average those out, it's 86% or 8.6 oh, okay. out of 10. Is that okay. is that appropriately rated? Is it underrated? Is it overrated? What would you say, Alice? Um, I, I, I would go with appropriate for that. I think yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a brilliant film, terrific execution, the script, the acting, and just like, just not like something I've seen too often either. And I, I think I've said this before, like when you are watching these, you know, big, loud, action packed, you know, Hollywood blockbuster type things, sometimes it's nice to just watch something like this that is just about raw human emotion done really well um so yeah i reckon i would say appropriately rated i wouldn't say that's underrated though john might have other oh. ideas well before we move on to the box office then john 8.6 or 86 what do we think i think what uh what do i think that is that's unfair <laughs> uh, oh, cool. I, 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 I don't i don't know the thing is about ratings and things like that i try not to pay too much i try not to pay too much attention to it but i totally understand why people would use that as a Use that as a thing. Are either of you on Letterboxd? Uh, I'm on it. I don't really. I don't. I, I don't really use it. So we don't. With with ours, the reason we use those two is because we average them out to give a general consensus about the general reception. So it's cool. not. I would never. I don't really pay attention myself to scores. I pay attention to like things I like the idea of. But yeah. obviously, for us, we have to judge what makes something rated in, in a, in a yeah. certain way. So that that's what we use. I get why it is why it's useful if you were you were talking about films in you know, a journalist <laughs> in a journalistic way in a, 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 on a on a podcast. I think eight the eights if I'm quantifying that as eighty percent, which is four stars and up, then that's then that's fine. That's fine by me. I have put this as five stars on my letterbox, so that because and uh, I use letterbox religiously and. Uh, <laughs> Jim Cummings uses it as well, uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> um, because for me, like I don't get too bogged down in it. I just try and like go with my go with my gut. But for I, I can't explain what a five star movie is because there's no, no such thing as like a perfect movie. But for me, five. I always I I always say I say that five stars is a feeling. Mm. And this and this gave and this gave me that uh, that this gave the five this star gave. feeling the Friday feeling mm. that five star that five star feeling you'll see that in your head next time <laughs> five stars is a feeling okay, okay. It's not, it's, I like um, it but yeah so, eight, eight, uh, that's that's fair that's fair to me that's so if we say so we're saying it's appropriately rated however yeah. you also said it's underseen at the time according to box office mojo now. It's obviously it's a fairly sort of low budget indie film, so finding the exact box office is difficult. But according to Box Office Mojo, which is usually you know fairly accurate, um, it grossed just over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars worldwide. Ooh, wow, so it didn't, yeah. you know, if you think about, I don't know what its budget was. It probably wasn't massive, mm. but if you think about, you know, how many people there are in the world and how much money mm. it could have made. For me, I'd say that's underseen because also I think more people should see it. What would you say, Alice? Yeah, definitely. And I think that says to me that it did get a very limited release and it was probably yeah. out in like one or two cinemas over in the States at one point. But yeah, definitely underseen. And yeah. people should definitely watch it. If you're into films, guys, and I know you are, you should give this one a watch <laughs> for sure. So, John, 
Uh, Thunder Road, underseen, appropriately rated, and you did want to pick it, which is immeasurable, as we've already said. Happy with that? Uh, happy with that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming on. So uh, the guys at home, obviously, you're a stand-up comedian. Where can they look out for your stuff? What have you got going on? Where can they check you out? Um, yeah, so I'm a stand-up comedian based in Glasgow, but I gig in Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh and uh, around Scotland as well. Um, I have just... Uh, I, in February, I released a stand-up comedy special on YouTube, um, which was a filmed uh, a, a film of my solo show that I did at the Fringe last year, which is called uh, Welcome Back, and it, which I build and advertised as a romantic stand-up comedy show. So it's a solo stand-up comedy show, but it's it's a rom com told through stand-up comedy. Right. Um, if you like rom-coms and you like stand-up comedy, then uh, you like my <laughs> show. It's about how me and my uh, partner met. Um, and yeah, I love rom <laughs> I love rom-coms. So you can watch that on, on YouTube. So if you uh, just type in uh, John Agasold, which is A-G-G-A-S-I-L-D, welcome back, you'll find it there. Yeah, we'll make sure we'll put out links to that when this comes out. We'll put it in the episode description as well. So scroll down to the episode description. You'll be able to find links to the YouTube and all John's social media as well. What are your social media handles, John, so they can check you out? Jagasild on everything. J-A-G-G-A-S-I-L-D. Excellent. Uh, John Agasild, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Well, there we go. Another one in the bag, underseen, appropriately rated. And uh, do you know what? I think it's safe to say we both say give that a watch. If you like your films, you like your dark comedies, your Coen brothers, I think you'll probably quite like uh, Thunder Road. So give it a watch. It's well worth your time. And it's only 90 minutes as well. Only uh, well, 90 minutes, guys. Like, you know how much Josh loves that. We love a 90 minute here. We love a 90 minute. Under two hours and I'm happy, Alice. You can't tell a story in two hours then. You know, you failed. Then, then you failed as two, a writer. Then tell it in two parts as two hours. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode in your ears. So keep an eye out for that. If you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, you'll find us. We're always putting stuff out there. So give us a follow. And we are on Patreon as well. So if you want to get episodes a day early, extended episodes, stuff like that, there's a couple of little tiers over there. So feel free to check them out. Any support, any extra stuff you could chuck our ways of massively appreciated but we do of course just appreciate you listening and supporting and following us and stuff like that um we're on the television as well aren't we alice we are indeed we are on the local tv network every friday from 6 p.m so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview we also put all the episodes up on daily motion so if you type in just films and that you'll be able to find us there but that's every friday from 6 p.m on your local tv network Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, follow us and all that jazz. And as ever, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.